This is Zorina. Today I'm hitting you with another surprise with something totally new, something I'm sure most of you haven't heard of. We're going to be talking about septemics. Honestly, I have no clue what it is, but from what I gathered, my guest is an expert in psychology, philosophy, um, human everything. It's, it's a holistic science that he's been study, studying and practicing for the past 40 years with tremendous success. And I'm very curious to hear what this system is and what makes it so all-encompassing. I'm welcoming my honorable guest, Jim Marshall. Welcome, Jim. Thank you, Zarina. Jim, where do we start? I am ready to, uh, to jump right in the topic, but of course, I would love to hear your story first. So who are okay, you? Okay, well, let, let, me let me start with one sentence to introduce myself to your listeners. Please. I am the discoverer of hitherto unknown natural phenomena, which greatly aid in the understanding of people, from which I created a revolutionary practical philosophic science and published it in the book, Septemics, Hierarchies of Human Phenomena. Okay. Now let me yes. tell you what Septemics is since, since you've asked. Yes. Septemics is a philosophical science based on the fact that many phenomena related to humans occur in a sequence of seven levels. Literally, the word septemics means over pertaining to seven. Mm -hmm. Septemics comprise a collection of scales or sequences, each of which breaks down various human phenomena into a hierarchy of seven steps. There are 35 such scales, each of which is unique. Uh, and together, they span the spectrum of human experience, by which I mean, any situation which arises in the life of any person, talking about human situations, not non-human situations, uh, can be successfully analyzed by one or more of these scales, usually more than one. So are these 35 scales that already existed prior to you studying them or did you create them? Or no, these, uh, uh, these scales existed. Uh, uh, my guess is they existed for since prehistory. They may actually be older than that. These are natural phenomena. Uh, and when I tell you how I figured it out, I'll explain how and why that's true. Uh, these exist the same way the Pythagorean theorem exists. The Pythagorean theorem was true before Pythagoras discovered it. It was true before Earth existed. It will still be true after Earth no longer exists. These 35 scales are true in the same way and to the same extent. I just stumbled across them. They're Let me tell like you, you listen. Go ahead. They're like principles of uh, operation of our world, just like the notes. The musical notes, yes. similar to this. Yes. Okay. Yes. So let me just say a little bit about how this benefits people. And then I'll tell you how I figured this out. Mm -hmm. I wrote this book to help people. I've had a lifetime of helping people. And each of these scales provides the user with an infallible way of determining 
the salutariness or beneficialness of any group, individual, or activity. If the group, individual, or activity moves persons or groups up these scales, it's beneficial or positive. If it moves them down, it's detrimental or negative. That's always true. There are no exceptions. More importantly, just finding out what level you or another person is at on any scale is by itself enlightening and beneficial. And finally, once you find the actual level of any person on any scale, you can improve that person by moving them up one level. Each of these uh, advantages represents major steps forward for society. Each of these scales has an axis against which to evaluate human behavior. And combined, they empower one to understand, predict, and manage human affairs to a degree hitherto unattainable by most. All right. So what methods do you use to move people up the scales? Are these psychological methods or other methods? Well, first of all, you have to realize one of the axioms of this subject is that you can never skip a level. Sometimes you may think you skip a level because you went through it quickly or easily or without noticing, but you never skip a level. Think of it this way. If you're on the first floor and you wanna to go to the fifth floor, you have to go through the second, the third, and the fourth, one way or another. Whether you take the elevator, the escalator, the stairs, or go outside the building to use a rope ladder, you have to go through those levels. That's how these scales are. Now, this is an advantage because once you know where you are, you know the next level up. Now, let's say you're at level four, okay? If you try to move to level three, you will get there. But if you try to move to one level one or two, you will fail because it's too steep a gradient. So this tells you not only where you are, but how to advance yourself. So this is a universal formula for human success. And realize there are 35 scales, each of which is unique. And if I were to tell you the names of these 35 cells, you would see that I have covered human phenomena. Would you like me to tell you the names of the scales? Yes, please. So at least okay. have a few that I can um, have an okay. idea. Okay, this, yeah. this only takes a minute. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are individual scales and group scales. These are the individual scales, meaning they apply primarily to individuals. The scale of basic purposes, the scale of personal influence, the scale of choice, the scale of permeation, the scale of thought, the scale of identity, the scale of evaluation, the scale of motivation, the scale of control, the scale of stopping, the scale of scholarship, the scale of literacy, the scale of human ability, the scale of memory, the scale of spiritual identity, the scale of mental deletion, the scale of aberration, the scale of physical fitness, the scale of justification, the scale of belief, the scale of equanimity, the scale of attack, the scale of conflict, and the scale of reaction. And these are the group scales, the scale of relationships, the scale of life spheres, the scale of government, the scale of civilization, the scale of survival, the scale of management, the scale of exchange, the scale of communication, the scale of allegiance, the scale of sexuality, and the scale of politics. Any one of these scales by itself 
could dramatically improve the life of the user. Together, it's revolutionary. Uh, and I've been watching this get results for 27 years, so I know this works. Anybody who can read English reasonably well and wants to improve himself or his life can do so using this book alone. Once you have the book, you don't need anything else. Okay, so I want to ask you again uh, how, what the principles of moving yourself up and down the scales are. But 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 before that, I noticed what one of the group um, metrics was sexuality. Why does this fit yes. in the, as a group metric and not as an individual? Because sex is an inherently group activity. I mean, the, the, the essence of sex, the genus of sex, is to you do with somebody else. It involves a relationship of some kind. Uh -huh. So okay. it's a group activity. Okay, and, and uh, another curiosity uh, that, uh, that I wrote down while you were reading The Matrix, what is the principle or the matrix of permeation? What does that mean? Okay, permeation is the basic action of a spiritual being. When two people love one another, it's because they are permeating one another. So, this is extremely important in assessing anyone's ability in any field. For example, if you have a person who is not permeating you, it's gonna be hard to have a relationship with that person. Or if you yourself are not permeating others. You know, there are people who are withdrawn, they keep to themselves. Even if they're in the same room with you, they don't permeate you. So this is something that's very, very basic uh, and undercuts many areas of activity. Now, let me tell you how I figured this out because you asked that and this will enlighten you quite a bit as to okay. where this comes from and why it works. Okay, so the story really begins when I was 16 and I was accepted into a top engineering school which I attended on academic scholarship. Now, at that time, I thought I was going to be engineering physical things like all the other engineering students. In other words, airfoils, electrons, motors, and so forth. But by the time I had my bachelor's degree, I realized I wanted to engineer the human psyche. Because that's where we're failing miserably. 95% of the problems that people have in an industrialized society are because they don't understand people. They don't understand themselves. They don't understand their spouse. They don't understand, understand the mother, the father, the son, the cousin, the uncle, the boss. They don't understand them. Now, there might be some understanding, but this subject expands it to a degree that's really incomprehensible to most people, the level of understanding, because there's 35 skills. If you know the level of somebody on all 35 skills, you have a profound grasp of who that person is, whether it's yourself or another. So now, to make a long story short, I had a long career as a human development engineer using engineering principles 
with clients one-on-one, hundreds of clients for many thousands of hours. Now, all of my clients improved. And as the decades rolled by, I started to notice that they were improving in ways that were predictable to me. Now, I never told this to anybody, but I made notes. And as the decades rolled by, I had more notes and I came to realize that the client would be at a certain level on a certain axis. And I would know the next level up and and he would get to that level in the session as a result of the session. So I knew the result of the session before it happened and the client knew nothing about this, nothing, okay? And this happened thousands and thousands of times. So again, I didn't tell anybody, I just kept making notes. Because you have to realize as an engineer, I'm only interested in two things, results and facts. I'm not impressed by anything else. So I didn't tell anybody, I just made notes. Now, in 1995, by then I had about 32 scales of varying lengths between three and seven. And I had one scale in particular, by then I absolutely knew was correct. And I had been using it on a daily basis for many decades. In 95, I suddenly realized it had a seventh level. And when I inserted that seventh level into the six level scale, it manifested mathematically. Now, anything that has mathematics embedded in it is natural law like the Fibonacci sequence. There are creatures that construct themselves according to Fibonacci numbers, even though they don't have no consciousness of it. Long before Fibonacci, millions of years before Fibonacci figured this out, they were, the animals were doing this and you can see it. You don't have to take my word. Look at a seashell, look at a, a sunflower. It's got Fibonacci numbers in it. So that's the same type of manifestation here. So when I saw that, you have to realize I took 26 semesters of math and loved every minute of it. So I have a very mathematical mind. So when I saw that, I said, whoa, I don't know what this is, but I found something here. So then I asked myself, I wonder how many of these other scales that I have are actually seven level scales that had not been developed all the way because I wasn't developing anything. I was just helping my clients and making notes. And this data just fell out in front of me. It's like I was walking down the street and I found a hundred dollar bill and picked it up and put it in my pocket. So knowing what I was looking for, I inspected all these other scales and quickly they all went to seven level scales. It was not hard to find. And as each one went to seven levels, it manifested mathematically. So if you get the book and you look at the scales, you'll see that there are patterns embedded in there. Now, I went out of my way to not make this book seem mathematical because I wanted to help the average person. So when you read this book, it's not like you don't experience it like math. You experience it like putting on eyeglasses and looking at yourself in the mirror or putting on eyeglasses and looking at another person, you see clearly 
the manifestation. This is not hard to figure out. Okay, so then I realized I had discovered a new subject. Now, I, at that time, thought I could fit this into some other context. And I found that over the years, that could not be done. This is not a part of something else. It's a separate subject. Uh, what's funny is that, and not only does this not even fit into another subject, all the other subjects fit into this. So I came to that just as I was working with this. Now you have to realize, first I had to discover the phenomena, which was mostly done by 1995. And then, although I did find three more skills while I was writing the book. So, so then I had to construct this philosophy from this phenomena. That took 20 years. Then I had to write it in a way that would make sense to the average person. So now, when I saw that I had a new subject, I said, wait a minute, I can go from helping people by the hundreds, which is what I had been doing as a human development engineer, to helping people by the millions, if I put this in a book and get it out. So I said, okay, I have to write a book. So the first draft of this was completed in December of 95. And I sent it to colleagues of mine, all of whom had graduate degrees in a variety of subjects. And they all had different responses to it, but they all loved it. Now, I knew all these people, these were all brilliant men. And I knew that then they validated my belief that I had found something valuable and important. So I started working on the book. I spent the next 25 years of my life developing this subject. As I said, I had to develop a phenomenon, I had to construct a philosophy, you know, when I first started, all I had was the scales. The scales is what appeared to me. But that's not enough to create a philosophical science. I had to work out the axis. In other words, what is this seven levels of? What is the scale measuring? I had to work out the axis and how to reverse engineer that. So it took a lot of work to work with this. And so what happened was, uh, I wanted to give this to the general public. So the, the hardest part was writing it in a way that the average person would understand. And I know I succeeded at that because I've been seeing the results for 27 years now. And if you can read English reasonably well and you want to improve yourself or your life, you, this book is for you. So that's where this came from. Absolutely amazing. Can you tell us some of the cases, at least one case, so that we know how this is applied? So how do you move the people right. up and down the scale? But before that, but before that, how do you rank them? Do you choose? Do you rank them uh, across all thirty-five categories or, or ranks, or do okay. you rank them according okay. to their problem? Mm -hmm. Okay, there's actually several different questions there. First of all, every person is at some level on every scale. Yes. Now you can, you can ignore this data if you want, but it's much smarter to use it. Where am I on the scale of personal relationships? You see, where am I on the scale of motivation? Where am I on the scale of sexuality? 
And you can ask the same question about every person. So this is all done by observation. This is not hard to figure out. The key word here is insight. Using this book requires a certain amount of insight. The good news is anybody who can read English well enough to read this book, as interested enough to read this book, has enough insight to use this book. Now, there are people who lack insight. So I can tell you this. When a person is at or near the top of any scale, it's because he has insight in that area. If a person is at or near the bottom of any scale, it's because he lacks insight in that area. So insight is a synonym of perception or observation. You just observe, and I'll give you an example. I know the basic purpose of every president of the United States going back as far as Franklin Delano Roosevelt and many of the presidents prior to him who I studied such as Lincoln and Washington and Jefferson. This was just done by observation. And I'll tell you how easy this is to use. About 22 years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine. He didn't know anything about this book, nothing. He didn't even know he was writing book. And we were talking about politics and government, the way guys do, just standing around. And I said, wait a minute, let me show you something. And I pulled the scale of government out of the transcript and I gave it to him. I didn't say a word. So he took it and he looked at it. And in about one or two seconds, he pointed. He literally pointed to a specific level on the scale. And he said, there, I'm right there. He found his level on that scale without my even suggesting that that's what it was for. That's how easy this is to use. So what normally happens when a person is confronted with a scale is in a matter of seconds, he will find a bracket. Uh, let's say the scale of spiritual identity. He looks at it and he will maybe 15, 20 seconds will say, well, I'm either at three, four, or five. You see, he already threw out four levels. He knows they don't apply to him. So then I would say to him, let's have you read the chapter so you understand this better and then come back, right? So then he comes back after he read it and looks at it and say, now tell me what do you think you are? And he will find the level. He'll say, well, I can see that I'm at level four. And he will be happy with that because it's the truth. In other words, it's an epiphany. He found where he is in this scale. And this can be done across all 35 scales. Now, another thing you have to realize is there are general scales and specific scales. Now, in a general scale, once you find your level or another person's level, you're done. For example, the scale of basic purposes is a general scale. If you study that scale and find where you are, you will have a big epiphany. This will be a life-changing moment for you. You throw out the other six levels and you focus on this one level because that's who you are. And that probably won't change in your lifetime, although sometimes it can go up or down. Now, a specific scale has motivations depending on the context, like the scale of motivation. You could say, what is my motivation toward my boss? What is my motivation toward my son? What is my motivation toward my mother-in-law? And so forth. 
And you can say, what is my next door neighbor's motivation toward me? What is my cousin's motivation toward me and so forth? So you could use this in hundreds of different applications for every different person. So this, when you get a grip on somebody's motivation, that tells you a lot. So I'll give you an example. Let's say a guy is dating a girl and he's thinking about marrying her, right? They're talking about getting married. Wouldn't it be smart for him to know her motivation? Why does she want to marry him? That's a relevant question. Is it because she loves him, which is level one? Or is it because he drives a Maserati, he owns a yacht, he flies his own jet and he lives in the palace? That's a different motivation. Now, for some guys, the fact that she is a gold digger might not be a problem. There are lots of older, unattractive, wealthy men who marry beautiful young women. And the guy gives the bride a mink coat, a diamond ring, a pearl necklace, a Corvette, and a credit card. And they're both happy. See, for that guy, for him, it's okay. For this other guy, it might not be. He might have said, no, this girl is after my money. See, so answering this question could be the difference between marrying her and breaking up the relationship. Either way, he will be happy because it's the truth. He found the truth. So you might say each one of these scales is a lens that you can hold up to a certain area and see clearly. It's almost like a crystal ball and you can look into it. So for, for example, I was saying, I know the basic purposes of all the presidents of the United States. That tells me a lot. What's more important than knowing someone's basic purpose? That's what the person is trying to do. So that tells me a lot. Do I want to vote for this guy or not? Just looking at his basic purpose, you see? Because all of these scales go from a, a level that's usually well above humanity to a level that's usually well below humanity. In other words, this is a wide spectrum. This means you can apply so, it not only to yourself, but to everything around us that is conscious, be it humans, be it plants, everything. You can use your insight to rank it according to these 35 scales. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole section in the introduction explaining specifically how to find your level on any scale. And there's a, an also a very long section telling you how to help other people with this. So let me give you an example so you see how this works, right? Let's say you have a, a, a friend who's having romance problems. You say, come here, Mary, let me show you something. You show her the scale of relationships. She's gonna be interested because she's in a relationship that's having trouble. It scales, scales scale of relationships. She's going to say, you mean there's a scale of relationships? That's a new idea. She's going to look at it and say, where is your relationship with Joe? Find it on the scale. You see, she'll find a bracket right away. You see, she'll throw up four or five levels. And then you have her read it and she'll find, she'll say, yeah, I see. This is the nature of our relationship. It's right at this level. And that... That's going to be 
an epiphany for her. She's going to be happy about finding this. So then you can say, now let's look at the scale of sexuality. So you have a look at this. Now, I already know if two people are not compatible on this scale, they can't have a romantic relationship. They could be the smartest, nicest people in the world. You have to be compatible on this scale to have a romantic relationship. So a guy could look at it and he could find his level and he could find his partner's level and he could say, wait a minute, these levels are not compatible. This is not subtle. If you look at this scale, you can see some of these levels are completely incompatible, okay? Now, you don't have to be at the same level. You have to be at a compatible level. So that's much broader. So again, the guy can look at it and say, I'm wasting my time. I'm at this level and she's at that level and no wonder we have trouble, you see? And he'll probably end the relationship and he'll be happy about it because he found the truth. Then you can say, let's look at the scale of permeation. When two people love one another, it's because the beings are permeating one another. So he can look at this. He might not know about permeation. And he can say, oh, I see. I'm not so good at permeation. I'm down here at level five. You see, that could explain why he's having trouble. And he could set, find his partner's level, okay? Maybe her level is low, maybe it's high, we don't know. But he can, it's all done by inspection. This is not hard because people tell you their levels. They tell you. If you, if you listen to the speeches of Adolf Hitler and you read his book, it's obvious he was a destructive person. He told you, okay? So if you look at the scale of basic purposes, his basic purpose was to destroy, which is the lowest level. Now, most people do not understand this. Most people cannot get the idea that a person's basic purpose is to destroy. But once you understand that, it's very easy to understand this man or to understand Paul Pot or to understand Charles Starkweather, who was a serial murderer in, in America. So, this really helps you to understand the person 35 times, you see? So you can really get a clear, so let's say you wanna go into business with some guy, right? You don't know too much about this. I would analyze this guy course 35 skills. Where is this guy on the scale of attack? Where is this guy on the scale of control? Where is this, and you see, where's this guy on the scale of that? And the levels are there because it's natural law. It's not hard to use. When you say insight, uh, it's in, everybody has insight and it's enough to use your insight. Do you mean you need some level of intuition? Because some people really doubt themselves and it's, it's tough to use their intuition because they say, I am not sure. Well, intuition is one type of insight. Insight is a broader term. Mm -hmm. So insight is, is uh, enhanced by education. It's enhanced by intelligence. It's enhanced by experience. Now, the truth is, there are very, very few people, maybe 1%, who are at or near the top of all of the skills. And there are very few people, maybe 4%, who are at or near the bottom of all the skills. 
most of us are high on some scales and low on others. And I could give you specific examples of that, but you know, like you could have a guy who's a whiz at making money, right? But he can't get a relationship going with a woman. See? So in that particular, this is like we talked before about a person who's having romance problems. The guy might be a billionaire, right? But he can't get along with his girlfriends or whatever. So the, the way to use it to help a person is you get the person who has the problem and you get them to look at the relevant skills. So we were talking before, I gave you three examples of how to help a person who's having romance problems. You can have that person look at the scale of allegiance. Allegiance always deteriorates as relationships deteriorate. In other words, relationships deteriorate because there is a deterioration of allegiance. So when two people get married, they say, until death do us part, right? There's obviously an allegiance there. Well, in the United States, 50% of marriages end in divorce. So obviously the allegiance decayed. So you can find your level on the scale of allegiance and then you move yourself up to the next level and you've improved your condition and you can find your partner's level, okay? So for example, let's say this guy's going out with a, with a woman and she cheats on him, goes out with some other guy. That's a betrayal. That is a low level of allegiance. She has fallen down to a low level. So he might be able to help her to find her level. And she might say, yeah, I can see that's where the relationship went wrong and move up to the higher level. And then it'll be a little bit better. And when she's at the higher level, she can then go to the next level. So you can work your way up all of these scales. And remember, it's not just 35 axes, because most of them are specific, meaning you have context. So what's my level of allegiance to my mother? What's my level of allegiance to my best friend? What's my level of allegiance to my boss? See, and you can repair these relationships by repairing the allegiance. So you could do this on multiple places, multiple applications. So if you just take this general explanation that I gave you and expand it a billion times in every direction, you get what this book is about. Sounds amazing. When it comes to the general um, scales, do we have any influence on these general scales? Well, let me say this. Each scale is unique. So really, we really should talk about specific scales. Some of the scales, people generally don't move on, but can move. So for example, if a person has a magnificent transformational experience, either through therapy or facilitation or meditation or whatever, uh, he can move up. Or if someone has some terrible traumatic experience, it could move him down. So let's say somebody who is in a Nazi death camp and survives, that probably is gonna knock him down a level, you see, on these general scales. So uh, you can, the scales vary, so I don't wanna generalize too much, but 
some scales are easier to move on than others. Like for example, the scale of evaluation. People move on that by the minute or by the hour. So, and you can go up or down. Where you enter varies. Some of these scales you enter at level one, some of them you enter at level seven, some of them you enter at level four. And there's really no choice about that because of the nature of the scale. If you study the scale, you'll see. For example, the scale of evaluation, level four is neutral, impartiality. So everyone enters at that level. And then as he proceeds in the area, he either goes up or down. Is the goal to always go up or, and are the scales interconnected or are they independent of each other? Some of these scales dovetail with other scales, specific ones, and I explain that in detail in the book. Some of them interlock where the, the top of one scale is the bottom of another scale. Some of them interlock horizontally. Uh, and all of those manifestations are explained. I mean, there's a lot of information here to get. So, and some of them stand on their own. But obviously, I mean, it goes without saying you're going to want to move up. That's why there's a one and a seven. Right? Everybody wants to go up whatever level you're at. And if you just look at the scale, you can see the higher scales are better than the lower scales. So the lower scales, you know, when you, when you get to the bottom of a, of a scale, that's where you find insanity, hatred, uh, criminality. Those are the people at the bottom of the scales. So you can find a person who's, you know, very good at one thing and very bad at another thing. So you can help him with the thing he's bad at. Now you have to realize the further down the scale the person is, the less insight he has. That's why he's down the scale. So you have to help bring him to insight. And to the extent that you can, he might be able to move up a level. So I before said before, this book is for anyone who can read English who wants to improve himself or others, or himself or his life. Well, there are people, people who are at or near the bottom of these scales who have no interest in that. Some people don't realize that. There are psychopaths, sociopaths, war criminals, torturers, serial murderers, crazy people, okay? Uh, sadistic gang members. There are people who are at or near the bottom of most of these scales. And those are the people who wind up getting executed, going to prison, getting hanged for war crimes, and things like that. Unfortunately, most of those people never get caught and are just running around wrecking the planet, which is why the planet looks the way it does. But this book helps you to identify them. Go ahead. What is the current scale of the government in the US? Uh, all of the major governments on earth right now, meaning China, the United States, the European Union, and Russia, the four big ones, are all at level five. Okay, that seems not so bad out of seven. What is level five? What does it correspond to? Well, I call it fascism. Oh, okay. But, it, but it's a level of 
brutally controlling. You control people by murder, by deceit, by torture. That's, that's where the four big governments are. And I also am well aware that there are no major governments on earth. There might be some little government like Liechtenstein that I don't know about, you know, but all the major governments are either at level four, five, or six. All of them. This so is, six, what is six why the, the world looks... Mm -hmm. Six is communism. What is seven? Seven is... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking out on the word. Uh, when people don't want any government at all. Anarchy. Yes, anarchy. Yes, I'm sorry, anarchy. You know, it's funny because anarchy is not really a form of government. It's a lack of government. Yeah, it's yeah. a complete mm -hmm. For several reasons that I explained in the chapter, because it's where you're headed. Many people have it confused with libertarianism. Libertarianism is level one. That's the level where people are the most free. And you see, each of these levels, the government is a reflection of the populace. To the degree that the populace is degraded and vicious and ignorant, they're gonna have a low level. If you look at the United States and look about what it was like uh, in the 1950s, it's nothing like that now, nothing. It has gone down. In fact, there's one chapter in which I go through the entire history of the United States in one paragraph. And I show how the United States went from level one all the way down to level five. Wait a and minute. I give is dates. level one is level one the highest or the lowest? The highest. One is always I the highest. Ah, okay. Okay. So, so five is actually of one of the lowest. It's not the, one of the highest. I thought the other right. way around. The Articles of Confederation, which the United States had before the Constitution, which was enacted right after the Revolution was a libertarian government. So this goes into, there's a lot of detail in there about why these levels manifest they are, where they are and, and what to, how to, how to spot them. It's, there's a lot of information in there. So this is a to, book, I mean, you, you, go ahead. Are you able to- I was gonna say, you, you have to read the book to get the data. Let's repeat once again, the book's name is Septemic's Hierarchies of Human Phenomenon. Right. Where, where's the book to be found, Jim? It's very easy to find this book. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Nobles. You can get it any place that books are sold. Uh, if you just put the word septemics in a search engine, you get hundreds of responses, including all the people who are selling the book. So it's, it's an easy book to find. And my question that I was about to ask was, since you've um, mapped out or written out the history through the lens of, uh, of the scales, have you looked in the future and where it's developing through the lens of the scales? Yes, because you have to realize that, as I said earlier, you can never skip a level. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I gave you the four main governments and said they're at level five. That tells you if they improve, they will go to level four. And if they deteriorate, they'll go to level six. So you already know what's possible. So for example, I laugh at 
governments who try to go into these places that have degraded governments and try to give them some high scale government. Can't be done. You can't take a country that's at level five and make them a democracy. Cannot be done. Successful then would be moving them to level four, which is socialism. So this tells you about all these failures that you see. As you have mapped again, the historical events and you've seen a, it, they're moving like a pendulum. That means they're moving in a certain progression. It means that it's impossible now for governments to suddenly jump to level four, four they'll continue to deteriorate. Well, it's not that they will necessarily continue to deteriorate. A level five government can either move up to level four or down to level six. That's it. Those are the only possibilities. Just like if a person is at a certain level on any scale, he can either go up if he gets better or down one if he gets worse. This helps you because it solves the gradient problem. You see, every good coach, therapist, facilitator uh, in the world understands gradients. Human development has to be done along gradients. That's why crash diets and crash exercise programs don't work because the person is trying to skip gradients. Okay, it doesn't work. So you have to, this tells you what the gradients are. So success is based on knowing the gradients. So if you're at level three on any scale, you target for level two and nothing else. Anything else you do is a waste of time. So this is very helpful because it tells you what you should be trying to do. First, you have to find the level. And if you are, uh, if you study the book and read the glossaries that tell you the names of the words, meanings of the words, and you find the level, usually you'll look at the next level up and that will be real to you. In other words, you will say, okay, I can do this. So a mere insight is enough to get people going. For them to see the truth is enough to propel them to move to the next level. Well, a lot of things could be involved in going to the next level. It depends on the scale. Sometimes you can change level in a matter of minutes, and sometimes it takes years. So... I could give you all kinds of examples of this, uh, but that depends on the person, the context, the scale, and so forth. I mean, there's a lot of variability on this. There's no generality. This, the reason this is useful is because it's specific. There is no vagueness here. I am telling you, these are the seven levels, and I know they're correct. I know they're correct the way I know the two sides of an isosceles triangle are equal. The way I know that the acceleration of gravity near the surface of the earth is 32 feet per second per second, what we call 1G, okay? I know those things. As an engineer, I know, that, and I know these scales are correct. Now, I could see some discussion about how I named them or what I called them. But in some cases, that was not an easy thing to do. In some cases, I worked for years to try to know 
What do I call this level? How can I give it a name that makes sense to people? And I'll give you an example. The scale of sexuality. Level two is called take it or leave it. And you can say, what kind of a name is that for a level? Well, the reason it's take it or leave it is because there are people who get up to that level and their attitude about sex is that they can take it or leave it. They can have it or not have it. If the girl says yes, the guy says fine. If she says no, he says fine. He can take it or leave it. You see, most people never get there. So when I got to that level, I knew what the phenomenon was. I had observed it. But I said, what am I going to call this thing? And I thought, well, I'll just call it take it or leave it because everybody who speaks English knows what that means. I'm curious now, what, no. is, what is level one of the sexuality scale? Level, level one is no need for sexuality. So this is basically holy people who have ascended to a level where they're just not interested in sex. Um, Mahatma Gandhi is somebody who struggled with that for a while. And eventually, like many uh, enlightened people, he got up to that level. We know this because his wife told us, okay? So uh, you see people in ashrams and monasteries and and nunneries and such, who they have no need for sex. It's just not, no interest. Now, to most people, that's, that most people don't really understand how that can be, but that's how, that's, that explains who they are, why they are, that's their level. Very interesting. Now, another thing I want to say is, I tell everybody this emphatically, never divulge the level of any living person on any scale, including your own, because it's counterproductive. People don't want to be told what level they're at. You get the guy to look at the scale and read the book and he will find it himself, you see? Or let's say you figure out your boss is at some very low level. Don't tell him. If he's at a low level, he's not gonna grab it anyways because he doesn't have insight in that area. But you know now. So this book absolutely saves people from catastrophes, dilemmas, bankruptcies, divorces, indictments, and all kinds of other terrible things because it forewarns you. I know this material so well, I will meet a person either in three dimensions or digitally, the way I'm meeting you. And I'll spot this person on a certain level. I'll say, that's it, we're done. Have a nice day. I'm not gonna deal with this person, okay? I'm not gonna say anything bad to him. I'm just gonna go away. That's what I suggest. Find where the, if somebody's giving you a lot of trouble, like say you have some judge, right? Who keeps ruling against you. You can't figure it out. The facts are, Assess him on the scale, okay? What is this man's motivation? What is this man's level of spirituality? What is his motivation? You know, what is his basic purpose? And when you see these things, sometimes you might not be able to spot somebody on one level, one scale, but you'll spot them on another. And that has more to do with the data you have, or it could also have to do with your your own insight in that area. You know, there are people who have graduate degrees who are very successful, who have absolutely no belief 
in any type of spiritual reality at all. I know. <laughs> so if you show them the scale of spiritual identity, that's going to be mumbo jumbo to them. They're just going to say, this is crazy. See, they don't get it. Uh, as soon as they die, they'll get it because they'll be floating around and still existing. And they'll say, aha, I'm a spirit. So never tell anybody one's level. I mean, if, if, if you want your husband to know your level, give him the book. Say here, read it. And you can find what level I'm at. Very impressive. Are you training uh, coaches or do, do you let them train themselves by reading the book? Well, I went out of my way to make this book stand on its own because I want the people of Earth to benefit from this. So the beauty of this book, and I already know, realize that some version of this book has existed for 27 years. So I've been seeing people using this book. Okay? And once you have the book, you don't need anything else. You don't need to join a religion. You don't need to uh, join a political party. You don't need to spend any money. You don't need to hire a facilitator. I'm not saying not to do those things. That's up to you. But you don't need them to use this book. The only thing you might need is a dictionary. But I would say that about any book in existence. I've done an enormous amount of education in my life. And I would never try to teach anything to anybody without having a dictionary. Because any person who is ignorant in any area, and of course, if you're trying to teach somebody, he's, he's gonna be ignorant. That's why you're teaching. He is not gonna know the definitions of certain words. Even worse than that is people who think they know the definition and it means something else. That really screws the person. That's much worse. So one of the things I do when I work with people is I watch what they say and try to figure out, does this person really know how to use this word? I had a client who had, who had a misconception on a very important word, a key word, okay? And I could see that, the, so I got the person to understand that word and it changed their whole approach in that area. So that's why I say, a dictionary, but that applies to everything. I don't care what you're teaching. I don't care if you're teaching physics or chemistry or math. It's still written in a certain language. You know, I mean, I teach in English, so I use an English dictionary. But if you're teaching in German or French or anything, whatever that book is written in, that language, you need a dictionary. So you can't just say, well, I'm a math major, so I don't need it. No, all those words in there have definitions. So you're referring to the glossary at the end of your book now when you're talking about the definitions, that people need to check the definitions, or are you talking about knowing the meaning of the word in this language? Well, but just, just I'm not sure what you're asking, but let me say this. There is a glossary in my book, not only in front of every chapter, even in front of the introduction. So I'm telling you the whole way what these words mean. For example, there's a scale of communication, okay? That scale is a life-changing scale, just that scale by itself. If you master that one chapter, you will be a different person. 
you will have power with communication. Now, somebody can reasonably say, what definition of communication is he, is he using? Because if you look up the word communication, it has 30 or 35 definitions, depending on what dictionary you look at. So I give a specific definition that's one or two lines long. And I do that, you have to understand, every scale has a, has a name and I give a synonym for that name. And every each one of the seven levels has a name and I give a synonym for that. Plus, I define all of those words. The, the names of the scales, the names of the levels are all defined. So, you know, in some cases, the word might not be a word that you know, like for example, permeation. There's no other easy way to say that in English, okay? You have to read the chapter to learn. People who know about spirituality, especially very upscale people, they'll get it right away. It's okay, that's what that is. Uh, but a lot of people say, permeation, what's that? You know, or aberration, there's a scale of aberration. There's no other way to name that scale. Trust me, I spent decades on this, literally, going through these sources and dictionaries and trying to find the exact right word. Because as an engineer, it's all about precision, okay? If you're gonna build something, it has to be, has to have a certain level of precision that accommodates the usage of it for it to be an engineer. So as an engineer, that's how I think. So I, that's why I spent 25 years writing this book, to make it precisely workable for anyone who wants to improve himself. Do you consider this the work of your lifetime or do you, do you see yourself developing it further? Well, I could answer that in several ways. I certainly would like to, to have a second edition in which I would incorporate things that I have discovered since this book came out, which was a couple of years ago. Uh, so I have a lot of, I mean, I already know what I would want to put in it. So that's partially an answer. Uh, but I don't consider this my life work. Uh, uh, I just want to tell you, if you talk about my life's work, you have to understand, I'm a polymathic intellectual whose areas of expertise include psychology, philosophy, theology, parapsychology, science, engineering, mathematics, law, literature, history, metaphysics, military science, political science, physical culture, education, organization, and music. So really, I spent a lifetime of inculcating all this information and integrating it. In other words, uh, to me, all of these things integrate into one another. So that's really what my life's work is about. Now, if I were not a polymathic intellectual, I would not have discovered this subject because I wouldn't have known what I was looking at. My extensive knowledge uh, enabled me to look at these phenomena and see, ah, oh, this is a scale. This is a scale that people move on. And also, when working with my clients, if I didn't know all this information, I would not have spotted this in my clients. I would not have seen 
okay, this guy's at this motivation and he just went up to this motivation. You know, I wouldn't have seen that. So uh, I think that's why this subject wasn't discovered before because it's really an engineering subject and I'm very much an engineer and it was my personality, my mindset is that of an engineer. But I have all this polymathic information that I have been inculcating throughout my life and I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. I mean, every few minutes I think, gee, I wonder about, and I look it up. Now we have search engines, so it's a lot easier. I mean, years, I spent a lot of time in libraries, I'll tell you, looking things up, and which was very time consuming. You see uh, AI playing a role in the spreading of this information and in, yeah. yeah. AI played or, no role in discovering. So far not, yeah. So it played no role in uh, developing the, the philosophy from the phenomena. It played no role in writing the book. And it will play no role in using this. This is for humans to use. I have nothing against AI, assuming it's not used to kill us. Uh, but this is about human insight. What I mean is that Machines. if AI gets a grip on human insight, then it becomes a bit dangerous. This, this was my concern here. Well, I, first of all, the AI that is talked about now, uh, which I understand very well, cannot have insight. It can make calculations. Okay. It can look at, for example, it can look at everything that you've ever done on YouTube figure out what you're interested in and present that. That's just making calculations. There's no insight in that. This requires a live being, a human being. It's not for animals and it's not for machines. Uh, close to the point of being blown away. <laughs> this was very insightful, Jim. What? would you like me to have asked you? Or what would you like to share that I haven't asked you? Well, one thing I would like to say is that this subject uh, is really for everybody in the sense that these skills apply to people in general across all lines, be they gendered, racial, ethnic, historical, social, religious, cultural, economic, educational, professional, geographic, national, age, across all demographics. It applies to human beings. It applies to all human beings. Now, about 1.5 people can speak, billion people can speak English. The other uh, ones who don't speak English, they can't use this book. I actually cringe at the idea that somebody's gonna try to translate this because I know how hard it was to write it in English. Uh, and that's gonna be a real problem. Uh, I don't know how workable it will be because I won't be there probably to tell the guy that's not what it means. Uh, but, but you have to realize that this can help you. If you are watching this broadcast, this can help you. 
because you're interested in learning about people and about growth and about self-improvement. And that's who this book is for. So a person who is a professional criminal, he's not interested in self-improvement. He just wants to get as much money as he can so he can buy drugs and sex. Okay? That's, that's the level of that person. He's not going to read this book. If he did read the book, he wouldn't understand it. And if he did understand it, he certainly wouldn't use it. It's counter to his purpose. So a destructive person or a criminal, they're out for themselves. They don't want to improve themselves. They don't want to improve you or their next door neighbor. That's not part of their thing. And all of that is very clear when you study this book. Because when you get down to the bottom of each scale, it talks about those people in this axis. In the end, in you can't words, actually. Go ahead. You you can't actually move anybody else. You let them read, and they decide whether they can move up or down the scale. But um, you're it's actually giving you an insight in them and in what you can do. You're not able to move anybody else up and down the scales. Correct. Well, it depends on what you mean by move somebody up the scale. So let me give you an example, okay? So you can see how this works. There's a scale of scholarship. And in that chapter, I explain with specificity how to make someone a better scholar. And it has the entire spectrum of scholarship on it. So most people have children and most children at some time have some difficulty with school even those smart ones. So the dad sees that his son is having trouble in school. He says, come over here, Johnny. Look at this glossary. He lets him read the glossary for the scale of scholarship. Okay, and he says, now look at the scale. Now, he's gonna be interested in the scale because he just read the glossary. He's a scholar. And this tells you the scale of scholarship. He's going to be interested in it. And he'll look at it and say to him, where are you on the scale? And he will come up with a bracket probably. He'll say, well, maybe, I don't know, three, four, five. Okay, good. Now let's have you read the chapter. He's gonna wanna do it because he realizes there's something here and he hasn't quite got it yet, you see? So he reads the chapter, you help him with that, help him understand it, clear up anything that's difficult to understand. And come back and say, okay, now look at it again. Where are you on the scale? And he probably will give you a specific answer. I'm at level five. You say, great. Now let's move you to level four. He will want to do that because he's going to want to be a better student. He's going to school. So he's going to be cooperative. And I tell you in that chapter how to do it. There's no secret here. And you have to realize that once a person knows his level, okay, it's a cognition, a realization, an epiphany. He goes, ah, I see. No wonder. That's what happens when you find a level. And then he sees the next level up. That next level is going to be real to him. He's going to say, I see. I can go to this next higher level. And then he will make efforts to get there. And he will get there if he makes an effort. Because usually it's obvious. 
Now, again, we would have to talk about specific scales to, to see the context. But once you know your level, getting up to the next higher level is not difficult to understand. Now, sometimes a lot of work is involved. Sometimes people will, be, will realize, gee, I'm at a really low level, okay? And I'm gonna have to work up to this next level, which is not a great level either because it's still pretty far down. But if the person is motivated, he will do it and you can help him. You can, you can discuss it with him. You can get him to read books. You can ask him, what does this scale mean to you, okay? What makes you think you're at this level? I give techniques in the book, actual techniques you can use to ask specific questions, visualization processes and so forth, how to get the person to find his level and to move up. But my experience has been 95% of the time, once you know the level, the next, the rest is easy after that. Easy in terms of understanding what you have to do. You know, like if a person's 100 pounds overweight, okay, I mean, and he finds his level on the scale of fitness, well, he's going to be at a low level. Okay, so he has to go through some process of getting that weight off. I'm not even saying that getting the weight off is what he should be focusing on. He should be focusing on improving his fitness and the weight will go away by itself. So that could take a year or two years or three years, you know? So it varies. But uh, the important thing is when you know you're at a certain level, it clarifies your mind. You see, this is a clarifying process. Uh, what I tell all of my students and readers is, the way to approach this is, this is a textbook on a new subject. Study it the way you would study a chemistry text, a physics text, a, a biology text, and so forth. You start at the first line of the first page and you study it and you make sure you understand it and you go forth ploddingly, making sure you understand each thing. And after you get to the end of the book, go back to the beginning, read it again, and find your level on every scale. And you probably will be able to do that. If you study this whole book, you probably will be able to find your level on every scale. Now, if you, if you use it the way I suggested before, you're taking somebody who doesn't know this subject, they might have trouble finding their level because they don't know the subject. But once somebody knows the subject, there's a general usability that you get from it. You get insight. Uh, and I'll give you an axiom from this subject that is relevant here. Being at or near the top of any scale is both a cause and an effect of being at or near the top of any other scale. And being at or near the bottom of any scale is both a cause and an effect of being at or near the bottom than the other scale. So there are generally downscale people and generally upscale people. If you find somebody who's generally downscale, get away from the person. Don't waste your time in that person. And if you read the book, I explain in detail what you're up against, what you're dealing with. 
you know, if you is there have somebody, go ahead. is there a ranking uh, of the scales themselves, just like like a scale within the scale? So one scale is also um, on a certain level of the entire axis. I'm not sure what you're asking me, but I think the answer is no. The scale stands as it is. Remember, I didn't think this up. I just observed it and wrote it down. The scales exist uh, the way the Fibonacci numbers exist, you know? Now, Fibonacci was able to work out the formula for the, to infinity of all Fibonacci numbers. And of course, once you know that as a mathematician, you can see the Fibonacci number in anything. You can look and say, ah, this is a Fibonacci number and look at these various phenomena that manifest this way. And that's the way this is. You get a general understanding of it, but the scale stands as it is. Uh, and what it really is, is a spectrum of that phenomena. In other words, you take, let's say, the, the realm of basic purposes, right? I'm sure you have the idea that people have, a, a, people, a person has a basic purpose. That might be a newer concept to some people, but it's true. And once you have that, you see it, there are these seven rays, it, like a, a spectrum. There's seven manifestations of it. And that's true for each of these 35 subjects. It's like looking at a rainbow. I've um, actually read way, somewhere in a Russian book, the seven uh, spectrums of re the reincarnation of the soul. It's like uh, the, the direction of the soul when it's born. For example, there's a, a men, a men society, men, men, or human, human, human animal kingdom, and so on. Uh -huh. Is this similar to, to the scale you're referring to? It's, 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 it sounds like it's similar in some way. It's certainly similar in the fact that it has seven levels. Yeah. I mean, I would be interested. I would be very interested to look at that. Uh, if I could find I it. I can show to it to you. Uh, no, yeah. I, you, you won't find it because uh, I it's from a Russian author, but um, I don't yeah. think it's available in English. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the scales... Some of the scales, as I said, dovetail with other scales. And where that happens, I explain it in the book. Uh, certain scales, when you're at le level seven on one scale, you're at level one on another scale, and you just keep going down. And some of them dovetail across like this, where they link up. Uh, so that's specified. But as far as subsets, the subsets are what people see all the time. For example, when I tell you that there are seven basic motivations, somebody can come up with thousands of different motivations. Well, all of those thousands are subsets of these. So in a sense, that's an answer to your question. There are many, there are many answers that fit into that. This was an incredible conversation. I would love to have you back to talk about one of one or more of the scales more in detail, and maybe you can share some of your cases with us and how the work with the scales has improved their lives. 
I'd be definitely interested to hear this. Otherwise, people can find your book, Septemics Hierarchies of Human Phenomenon. You said everywhere, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, in the US, internationally. Is it available internationally? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm in touch with people all over the world every day. I'm talking to you right now from, <laughs> what are you, Austria. eight time zones away, something like that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I talk to people, people, Africa, India, you know, the only limitation is that they speak English and that's good because I speak English and that's the most widespread language. So that's good news. But uh, I, I would hate to think what somebody would do translating this because uh, this is very precise. And if you don't get the word right, that's a problem. Because then you mislead the reader. But the words, you know, in many cases, I spent a lot of time on what are we going to call this scale? What are we going to call this level? You know, and in some cases, it took years. In some cases, it took me many years to figure that out, to get it, to see what am I really observing here? Because, you know, when you observe humans, you have to have some insight into the phenomenon to say what this is. What am I seeing here? Follow me? What am I observing? And then you have to know the language well enough to say, it's this. Well, I would say that 95% 95, 95 of the levels are dead right in English. I mean, they are as precise as the Pythagorean theorem. A couple of others, I can see that, you know, there might be another word that might work better that I didn't think would be right. So, but again, whenever you're talking about writing, that's, that's an art. That's the challenge of this book was to, to take it from my understanding of it, which was very real and put it into words so that somebody like you could come along and read it and benefit from it. And that's why I worked on it for 25 years to get that level of precision. What, what did you call the axis in the end around which the scales the are oriented? The axis, the, the, the well, core there's axis. 35, there's, there's 35 different axes. Each scale has its own axis. So each scale is measuring a different thing. It's a I mean, the core axis. of the 35, you mentioned that you were looking for the, the cumulative of these 35 scales. What, what did you call it? I, I'm not understanding this. I, I don't, there's no, I don't, I don't know of anything. There's no this. cumulative meaning. Like for example, it could be the scale of consciousness broken down into 35. Oh, well, well, you mean something above it? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, okay. You okay. That that that's you know, I, I was left with the impression that it was called the scale of consciousness, the, the central axis that combines all of them together. All of the scales. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it, I don't think that's true. I don't think it works okay. that way. Yeah. All right. So thank you very the best way to understand it is it's yeah. it's it's a descriptive science in the same way that botany and zoology 
and astronomy are descriptive sciences. So it's a science, but it's a science that describes something. Like for example, somebody who knows botany can say, this is a tulip. This is completely different from a rose. It has a different DNA structure. It, it grows from a bulb, but there's no bush, you know. So a person who is a botanist understands all that. You know, he can say, okay, this is in the rose family and that this is in the tulip family and they're completely separate, you know, because he has that knowledge. So this tells you that about people, about human phenomena. Thank you very much, Jim Marshall, researcher and inventor in the science of human phenomena. It was a pleasure having you on Grow and Learn. Thank you. And I just want to say one thing in closing. I invite you all to visit my website, which is septemix.com, S-E-P-T-E-M-I-C-S.com, where you can see what the readers have said of it, what the journalists have written about it, what the reviews are. You can read sections of the book itself. And if you want, you can listen to a pre-recorded lecture by me about septemics, which explains it to new people. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.